What is going on, everybody? Welcome back here to another episode of the Malaga Drive Hoops Betting Podcast. I am your host, Caleb, and uh, I hope everyone is doing absolutely fantastic on this Wednesday. It's beautiful, sunny, like 65 degrees here in, in San Jose, California. I'm loving it. Um, and and I hope wherever you are, we, we're getting some good weather too and the vibes are high. But um, let's let's talk about some basketball. Let's talk about some betting. I will again say right now is just a, these are the dog days. Like the, when people refer to the dog days of the NBA, think about right now um, because you are going to see guys out left and right. I mean, you already see that, but in this season where it's extremely shortened and condensed, and not only that, I, I don't I don't think people realize. So this season's already condensed, right? They're playing. Uh, they they did move the the amount of games down, but it's in a shorter amount of time. But the teams that all had COVID issues early on, so you're looking at the Wizards, you're looking at the Spurs, you're looking at the um, Grizzlies, even uh, Heat. They all have more games here in the second half. So there's it's just ridiculously condensed schedules. And like for example, the Heat have now eight games in the next twelve days. Like that's that doesn't happen usually in the NBA, but it's it's kind of what they have to do now to to make everything work. And so as a result, you're gonna see a higher risk of injuries. And so as a result, too, people are pulling guys. So again, be careful when you're betting out there right now. It's just it's wild shit. It really is wild shit. That's why I would wait. Honestly, unless you really, I mean, I already wrote my code because I locked two things in. But um, if it's it's risk versus reward, right? Because a lot of reasons why I lock things in early, uh, whether it be the night before or early in the morning, is to get the best number possible. And if I'm hitting it, I, I generally am thinking I'm going to, you know, generally I think I'm finding a hole in the market. And then the market, as you give the market more time, it, it generally corrects itself to the right number. So you'll see it today. I have two plays and both plays have moved. Um, one plays moved one and a half point. No. Yeah. One and a half points and one plays moved a half point. Um, but regardless, let's jump into it. The first game of the day is actually tipping off here at, um, I believe one thirty, um, our time, my time, Pacific time. It's the bucks and the Timberwolves. Um, and the Timberwolves are 11 point home dogs. I'll tell you though, bro, like, <laughs> I do like the over here. I like the over here, but in terms of a side, uh, there's no way I can play the Timberwolves here. We, we got a good look at the Timberwolves for the first time without Cat in quite some time, um, where it was just like, okay, everyone's there except Cat. And Cat's been holding it down for a while, and they look just god awful. And it wasn't like the Nets were throwing their A team out there, right? Like Harden and Kyrie were out. It was, it was KD, Joe Harris, Jeff Green, you know, Blake, like good role players. You know, the, the Nets have created a very solid team, um, even outside of Kyrie and KD and Harden. But it wasn't their best team, and the Nets had zero issues, like, like absolutely zero issues. Every shot they took was easy. Um, so all that to say, like, the the Timberwolves looked really, really bad, and we only have a small sample size of of them right now in this current moment with Chris Finch without Carl Anthony Towns. Like, Chris, part of the reason Chris Finch was brought on was his plan and his vision to optimize Cat and, and how he wanted to use him. And so now that biggest piece is gone. Malik's still out. 
Um, it's a mess of a team. The Bucks are very good when they all are suiting up. Um, I don't know if Giannis suits up today. He's missed like about a week and a half now. And to me, it's like this would be a weird game to to bring him back for. Like if he wasn't ready two days ago, like I don't necessarily feel like today's the day. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what their plan is. But they should be able to win this game very easily without him. So um, that being said, I like the over. It's at 235.5, which is huge. But um, Timberwolves actually just had a, a long streak snapped of uh, 19. I believe it was 19 straight games where they gave up 100 and scored 100. And, and they lost 97 to 127. But if you look back, 121, 117. 136, 145, 137, 141, 116, 106, 113, 122. But again, this is without cat too. So uh, I'm staying away from the over two. Um, but I wanted to quickly get that as that is the first game. All right, moving forward. We got the Nets uh, in Philly today without KD, without James Harden. So Kyrie's now stepping back in and KD's out. It is a back-to-back. It feels like a little bit too much. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but very early on in the season, like I'm talking second week of the year, uh, the Nets, I think the Sixers went into Brooklyn and I think maybe Ben sat, but regardless, uh, Brooklyn, obviously they hadn't made the trade yet. And I believe Kyrie and KD were out, um, and Brooklyn won that game at home. And it just shows like Philly is honestly I I don't think they're a pretender. I, I like I'm not here to sit I'm not here to call them pretenders, but what they do what they do have a problem with at times is is consistency against teams that aren't great. Um and honestly this team's they that's not even the right word. I guess what I'm saying is they have a tendency to overlook teams in certain spots and this kind of feels like one of those spots. So, um I'm staying away here, but I, I do think the value does lie on the Nets. Um, I think part of, obviously, part of why this line is where it's at is the Sixers uh, played on Monday. They had a day off yesterday. It was a pretty relatively easy win against Dallas. And then the Nets played yesterday in the morning, though. So they got in. They had to get into Philly at a decent time. Um, I, I think eight just feels like a little bit too much because we've seen it. For as much as, you know, as much as Kyrie's been in and out of the lineup, KD's been in and mostly out of the lineup, um, and then Harden lately, the Nets always seem to put a good performance forward. And their 37-17 and record shows, like, yes, we have guys missing, uh, but we generally have a good product out there. So, uh, for me, eight seems like a little much. I would err on the side of the Nets having value uh, here, but I'm not going to pull a trigger. Uh, next games, the Cavs and the Hornets. Hornets coming off a tough lot. Oh, and we didn't even recap yesterday. Uh, but we cashed Lakers minus one. Uh, not, I don't want to say sweat for you. They were up nine, four minutes left, and the Hornets come pushing back. But then the, the Lakers got the job done. They were controlling. It wasn't sweat free, but I, I, I felt good the whole time. And then um, cash the Suns minus three. That was pretty sweat free just a stupid ass line by the books like i don't never understood that uh all right two and oh yesterday 14 games over 500 back to back to reality um hornets cap so hornets were without pj washington uh terry rozier last game and i talked about it like the hornets have been playing good basketball but like when you're without Lamelo ball gordon hayward 
Terry Rozier, uh, like PJ Washington, you're not the same team. Like you're 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 missing like 70 percent of your production just in terms of points. Um, PJ will still be out today, but Terry Rozier returns. Um, and then we've got a, a lot of of things up in the air with the Cavs. So the Cavs, I believe, Dotson's still out. Sexton's questionable. Garland's questionable. Windler's out with a knee. Now, if if those guys are out, if Sexton and Garland are out, and it's just Nance, Jared Allen, really as above average players, uh, you gotta like the rap or sorry, you gotta like the Hornets today. But there's just too much up in the air, and I would assume honestly with that minus three, I would assume that Sexton and Garland are playing honestly uh, because I think it'd be a little bit more if they weren't playing. So um, I like the Hornets on first glance right now, but again. When you have two guys that are 50-50 that are hugely impactful for their team, there's no real point in betting on it uh, before that. Next game, Spurs and Raptors. And this is just what I mean by dog days, bro. Like, we just have so many guys out and in, and it's like, like, I don't, I can't really, uh, uh, let's go to the Raptors, man. Kyle Kyle Lowry's out for rest. Fred Van Vliet, I thought was hurt, but it, but he's now he I think he was they they said yesterday he's without a timetable. But he also had to serve a one game suspension for leaving the bench. So maybe they're saying he's healthy for today just to serve the suspension and then go back to being out. That way he can come back. But regardless, he's not playing today. Gary Trent's out today. Jalen Harris is out. Um you guys don't know who that is. I barely know who that is. DeAndre Bembry is out. Everyone should be full go for the Spirit. So for the for the Raptors, you're looking at Pascal Siakam. Uh, Malachi Flynn, OG and Anubi, Chris Boucher, kind of against the world. Um, and for me in this one, I, I think the the value might, there's some slight-ish value on the Spurs, but I've seen the Raptors be able to dog some games out that they necessarily, shouldn't necessarily have been able to quote dog out. Um, and the Spurs have been really, really inconsistent during this second half stretch like the first half of the year you knew like okay they were gonna have yeah sure they'll lose some games but they're consistent they they fight back into things and um you know there was a large stretch there where i didn't know what was going on they early in april they lose to the hawks at home lose to the pacers at home uh and that was without malcolm brogdon and sabonis uh lost to the fucking Cavs at home lose to the to the nuggets and i'm like okay dude i I don't know what's going on. They're falling apart. And then they they rally back, only lose by two to the Nuggets, beat the Mavs in Dallas, and beat the, the, the Magic by 23. So now they're rounding back into form. Um, and that's what has me thinking the Spurs have some value here today. I think if the Spurs play the way they have the past two games, uh, they should win by more than five and a half. They should. They should win by six. But I can't say it confidently. And I'd say it happens like 56, 57% of the time. I think there's some slight edge there. Um, but not enough for me to play it. So for me, I, yeah, I think I make this like minus six. So there you go. Next game, Magic and Bulls. Uh, Chicago just really trying to find themselves since the Vooch trade. Um, and again, this is what I talked about, like, this was super that that the magic kind of retool rebuild was super interesting to me because it was like 
I've only seen Aaron Gordon on the Magic. I've only seen Vucevic on the Magic. I've only seen Evan Fournier. Like, let me see these guys go into new situations and see how impactful they can be. Um, And Vuce, look, the numbers have been fine. Like, it's not really like he's not been putting up numbers. But again, this game is, we're playing, there's, these are the three, supposedly the 300 best hoopers in the world. Like, there's just levels and tiny little things that make the difference. And right now, Vuce has not really changed the dynamic of this team. You look at the Bulls, um, they had a good start to the month, beat the Nets, uh, went into Indiana, beat the Pacers, and then beat the Raptors, who they were better than. They were missing a lot of guys. But then since then, they go to Atlanta and lose, go to Minnesota and lose, go to Memphis and lose. And all three of those games were, were road games where they've generally been pretty good as road dogs. Now they kind of get back to the crib, and it's like, okay, the, the schedule's – the schedule is almost handing them one, right? The, the Magic fight, they play hard. But you're you're kind of seeing, you know, originally when that trade went through and all the young instar, like, came in, um, they had some, like, some success. They were beating – they beat some teams, won some games they shouldn't have. And I think that's all starting to kind of wear off. You know, the the it was almost like the honeymoon phase where it's like, oh, we're all, all new players like, just kind of play free, and then, you know, the longer you're there, the more and more you, you start to figure out your roles, um, and teams are starting to figure them out. They've lost, let me go through their recent games, 91-137 to Utah, understandable, I mean, that's a lot, but understandable, uh, 109-119 to Denver, 116-131 to Washington, then they fought hard, 106-111 to Indiana, uh, but then now 87-124 to Milwaukee, 97-120 to San Antonio. I honestly, I like this as a first half Bulls minus probably. They're going to put this at five and a half. Wow, that's tough. You can decide between five and a half and nine and a half, but I'm leaning the Bulls here. Um, and I'll tell you why. Again, I don't like big spreads, and I think people where they're going to like question me here is, why are you betting on the Bulls on a large spread when they've lost three straight? But again guys there are natural ebbs and flows to the to this sport right like teams can't like if a team's won 10 in a row yes that means they're playing good basketball but regression is coming and i'm not saying just fade a team that's won 10 games or you know bet a team that's lost 10 games but i think in this spot you look at the last three games those are all three understandable losses for the bulls and so at this point it's almost more like okay we need you you know that after three losses trying to get to the playoffs they're the 10th seed right now that this is a very important game that they're going to bring their best effort for and you also know that the magic again 23 point loss 30 plus point loss like they've lost five out of the last six in double digits so it's not like the magic are like ah we got to fight really hard after this blowout loss because it's it's been happening. Um, it's just a spot where you're getting a better team, super motivated, that knows they got to pick this one up. So I, I like the Bulls here today. I haven't bet it, um, but this is the ultimate Bulls. Like uh, this, these are the types of spots where I like to bet larger numbers. Where it's like, all right, give me an angry, fired up team against a that's better against a bad team at, and then you're getting them at home like these are these are the spots these are the spots so uh, i like the bulls here definitely uh next pelicans 
And, and see, this is, again, when I go back to dog days, like these are the games that are really hard to cap because the Pelicans have missed so many guys for so long that it's almost like, I, I don't know, like, it, it's easy to look back at teams and when, when you know, like, okay, everyone was playing. But you go look through, really, for the past month, Brandon Ingram's missed games, Zion's missed games, Lonzo's been out, Neil Alexander's been out, Kira, like everyone's been out at different times, so it's really hard to really value and gauge this team. 117-110 uh, win against the Kings, 116-109 win at Cleveland, 101-94 win um, at Philly. It's just another inconsistent team. They, they've won three straight, and honestly, mm, yeah, any road wins in press. All three were impressive. Uh, they will lose three straight again at some point this season. I, I don't know when. But uh, I think the Knicks are just a slightly, slightly better team. But I think that's being reflected in the line. Oh, oh, sorry. It's not. They're plus two and a half. I think the Knicks are slightly better, honestly. But then you're getting the home court advantage. So I would say it would be closer to a pick em. I think I'd make this a pick em. And, and the Knicks are getting two and a half. But again, um when you get down to the thick of it again it could be tied with two minutes left and you're not cashing plus two and a half because of the foul game so i don't i i like playing things when i'm getting in my mind two-ish points of value but um when it's there from from zero to two it's it's a lot tougher all right next game clippers and pistons uh this is a uh, another tough one Kawhi and pg are out but um, we've seen this Clippers team. This Clippers team is is really solid, and they're really deep, um, and they can play well even without Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George. They've done it many times. There's actually a time where both Kawhi and um, <clears throat> sorry, Kawhi and Paul George were, were out with COVID protocols, and and they were rolling teams. They had, they beat Miami. Like I remember, they were beating good teams, and you're getting a pretty poor team in the Pistons. But again. With the Pistons, it's never a issue of heart. It's never an issue of not playing together. They play together. They play hard. Like, 16 and 38 with this roster is impressive. Honestly, man. Like, Dwayne Casey's done a really good job. You just saw, like, they just played in L.A. and lost by seven with PG. Now PG's out. Um... I, that being said, I like the Clippers today, man. I really do. Minus three, short number. I Again, you get a team, like, you look at the Lakers, man, right? You get good teams when their best two players come out. There's sort of this DNA. There's sort of this swagger. There's sort of this vibe that, like, okay, we have to show that we are, are, are like, good without these guys. Like, the it's kind of a it's a pride thing you've seen it with the lakers and maybe good's not the right word but that we can hold it down and this is one of those games where if the clippers go into detroit without paul george and Kawhi leonard and lose it's just not a great look whereas if they go in and win it's like see like cpg see Kawhi, like we got your back like You've got plenty to work with with us. Like, we are a team. Regardless, I, I like the Clippers here today. I think I make this line four and a half, uh, maybe even five, I believe. Uh, so for the – oh, wait. Is is Jeremy Grant playing? That's one thing I would like to know. 
He didn't play last game. I didn't see him on the thing. But a lot of times they don't list new guys. Like if they've been out, they just don't relist them. So I don't know. If Jeremy Grant's out, I do like Clippers minus three. So again, uh, we're looking at Bulls minus nine and a half. And maybe first half, depending on which one's better. And then Clippers minus three. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Next game, we got my dubs heading into OKC, 11-point spread. You guys know how I feel about the Thunder, man. Um, one of the new – it's almost like a new team joined the league this year in that um, – I mean, the especially right now, this Thunder team that's running out there, like none of these guys have played consistent large minutes for any team for any real time. So it's, it's hard to kind of piece it together. That being said, Mark Dagnall has done a really good job. They play hard, similar to the Pistons. They play really hard. They play within a system and they're not dumb, right? They're not playing dumb basketball. They're just limited talent wise. Um, with the Warriors, the Warriors actually for as disappointing as this season has been to me as a fan, uh, third best, fourth best team against the spread as a favorite tend to be um, actually pretty damn good in these large favorite spots. So um, for me, again, you guys know I'm not going to hit a large spread unless everything lines up. Um, and I can't say that everything lines up perfectly here, but I do think the Warriors are the side here with the more with more value. And you look with the Thunder, man, like books can't make a line 20, right? <clears throat> but with the Thunder, it's rarely is it like a eight point loss, nine point loss. It's either they got worked and they lose by 20 plus or they kept it really close. Um, and rarely you're going to see what they saw, what you actually saw last time where the, where the Jazz were up 20 with like five minutes left. And then the Thunder just went on a run in the last five minutes and brought it back. But um, I'm not going to do it. But if you're a Warriors fan and you're just you're trying to spice up your Wednesday evening, like I, I don't hate hitting the Warriors here at all today. Uh, next game, interesting one. I think this is one definitely um, deserves to be talked about because I think a lot of people right here instantly look at that and you say Pacers all the way. Um, and I think that's for good reason, right? The Pacers have a much better body of work this year than the Rockets. But I think there's two interesting things here. One, first is the books like the Rockets today. Like I can tell you, you know, after I've been doing this long enough now, this line, it, like like this line is fishy. And it's fishy because it's, I know it's a back-to-back. But regardless, I think one of a couple things, either Brogdon, Sabonis, uh, maybe cares one of them randomly is going to be sit, sitting today and then the books already know, or they just love the Rockets here today. Um, and that's always something you just want to be aware of. When the books really like a team, they probably have some information about a spot or something that you don't quite realize. Um, or in this case, it just could be, I don't know if people realize, but um, the Rockets have been god-awful this year, right? And you look at April and you look and they're 1-6 and six and you'd assume, okay, it's been god-awful. But they've actually been a lot more competitive and not look like that uh, kind of just that floor mat that they've looked like for a lot of this year. They are better right now than they were last month. And um, a lot of it has to do with Christian Wood getting into a better rhythm, John Wall being healthy. Kelly Olynyk's actually been a nice addition to this team as a floor raiser. Uh, Avery Bradley, too. Again, these aren't huge impact guys, but they're the, the way the Rockets were playing with the guys that were playing, it just helps to get smarter basketball players in there. So regardless, yeah, I'm staying away here. The books definitely like the Rockets here, um, and, I, and I don't want to get involved in that. All right, next game, a game I do have the, a play on. Mavs, my, I locked Mavs minus one and a half in last night. It's now to three. 
Um, and this is, I think, where you get a little bit iffy. I think three is still playable. I think three is still playable. Once you get to three and a half, though, I think that's where I draw the line. Um, I like the Mavs to get the job done here today. You look, and really, they they got off to a poor start this year. There's no denying that. But they've been on a pretty steady up, up upward climb uh, this second half of the season. We just go to April. They go into New York, win by 13. Uh, then they go into D.C., win by 20. Then they go defend home court against Utah, lay it down against the Rockets. That happens. Uh, then they beat Milwaukee at home. I wouldn't say they lay a dud against the Spurs, but they're more susceptible to lose a game like that because that's a division game where the Popovich knows exactly how they want to play. DeMar hits a game winner. It's just one of those games where you lose to a division rival. And then they lose to Philly, who's just better than them. So you're getting a team off of two losses, fired up at the crib. This Mavericks team beat Utah at home last week, right? Like, we have, we know what this team is capable of. And I think this line is here just because the Grizzlies are on, are, are looking good and trending up, right? They had a great uh, April. They won the, their first four. But then, but then you see, you see where the Grizzlies can't be that good the rest of the way. Like, they lose to the, the Knicks and then they lose at home to the Pacers. So they're still capable. And again, I was on the Grizzlies last game at home against the Bulls at two and a half. Are you kidding me? You're saying there's only a five point difference? Or I guess for me, I have one and a half. You're saying there's only a three and a half point difference between the Bulls and the Mavs? No way, bro. Like, no way. The Mavs are much better. Um, give me the give me Dallas. My, I had minus one and a half hit to three. Uh, Dallas wins this game the vast majority of the time, man. Like, it's just an it's just an offline. It, it should be one of those smallest spreads that's just outside of the pick'em area. It should be three and a half. It should be three and a half. You could make an argument. It could get to four. I will take one and a half, and uh, I feel very, very good about cashing this. Yes, Grizzlies have looked really good. Yes, they play hard. Taylor Jenkins is a really good coach. He's been super impressive. Surpassed expectations last year. And again, this year, everyone was looking, oh, my God, the West is really good. Like, what's a team that gonna, that's going to take a step back? Everyone pointed to the Grizzlies. And Jaron hasn't even played a minute this year. And they are where they are. So very impressed by the Grizzlies. Regardless, this Mavs team is much better. Um, and don't let the recent form of the Grizzlies and the recent poor last two games from the Mavs, that doesn't change a whole season's worth sample size. The, the Dallas Mavericks are more talented and a better basketball team and should, in a spot like this where they've lost two straight, get the job done today. Give me the Mavs minus one and a half up to minus three. All right, next game, Washington Wizards heading to Sacramento. Um, and again, uh, the, the adventure of the Sacramento Kings, man, they look really good for stretches, and then they look terrible. And right now they are in an absolute terrible stretch. You look, end of March, man, they legitimately, how crazy is this? They won seven out of eight with the only loss to the Sixers. And they beat the Wizards on the road. They beat the Celtics on the road. They beat the Cavs on the road. They beat the Hawks at home. They beat the Warriors at home. They beat the Cavs again. And they beat the Spurs on the road. Those are That's an impressive stretch of games. And then they go and have just completely shit themselves the last week. And it's like, well, why? Like, where? what happens that we just lose all momentum? Um, I, like, you asked me two weeks ago, the, the, the Kings would have been maybe three and a half, four-point favorites at home. Now they're two-point dogs. 
Um, I can't bet this here. I think it's a pick em. You see Washington, too, is another one of those teams. They're not quite as inconsistent of the cat as the Kings, but it's like when they look really good, they're really good and can beat anyone. And then when they look bad, they can lose to anyone. So for me, it's two highly variant teams. Um, one one looking really bad right now, one looking pretty good, and that's why you're seeing now the Wizards minus two. But, it, I mean, these two teams played two weeks ago at home here in Sacramento. Kings are, are going to be favored by three or four. So in that sense, there's value on the Kings. But in another sense, like, you look at the Kings the last seven games, it's pretty clear they're not good right now. So it's like, what are you going to do? I, I'm not going to play that guessing game with the book. Um, we'll pass. All right, last game uh, and a game I locked in late last night. Um, uh, or, sorry, it was this morning. I got Nuggets minus four and a half. Um, it's now up to six. Part of the reason why I hit this was I, I have a – I'm in a 30-team basketball league. Jimmy Butler's on my team. He sprained his ankle heavy. Like, that. it was a, it was a bad, bad enough sprain. He had to leave the game. And when that happened, I was like – Oh my God, zero chance he's suiting up tomorrow. I don't even think he's going to play for two weeks. And he came back in the game and then after he's like, yeah, I'll be good. Like I'm playing tomorrow. I'll be good to go. But you see it in this league. Uh, it doesn't really come down to the player anymore. Like sure, if a player goes crazy, like you better let me play, maybe. But and we talked about it at the start of the podcast. Like especially in the dog days where these games like they matter, but they don't at the same time. There's no real reason to push. He just came, like, just, it just broke his questionable. Jimmy Butler's out. Oh, my God, I love this. Um, but but regardless, uh, and Jimmy Butler's such a dog, he might play. But even if he does, I like the Nuggets today, and that's why I'm on him and not waiting. Uh, Nuggets, really uh, tough turn of events lately. They get Aaron Gordon and everything's coming together. They win seven straight and those weren't no seven fluky wins. Like all of those wins, almost all of those wins were legitimate, impressive NBA wins. And then they go to Golden State and Jamal Murray tears his ACL in one of the last plays of the game. Um, that being said, they had a large and, and that's terrible. That's sad. Prayers up to Jamal. He's He's going to come back stronger than ever. But back to the the actual, you know, impact on that. Jamal's a great player, and it's been proven he's a great player. Um, but with that being said, I don't think he's a guy right now that – and in the playoffs, it's 100% going to matter. But in the regular season right now, he's not a guy where I'm, like, going to hugely downgrade the Nuggets in these regular season games because he often still runs through Jokic. And the, and the Nuggets do have plenty of – role players that can help mitigate that loss most notably Monty Morris I don't necessarily think Monty will start because I think uh Malone likes him off the bench but we've seen a sample size again Jamal was resting for three four games before he even came back and they looked great in it so you're getting the Nuggets off of two losses uh so angry this is a team that won seven in a row three of those games were without Jamal they looked really damn good and now they're at home angry off of two losses against a team on a back-to-back in altitude, maybe missing their best player. Everything is set up for the for the Heat to get waxed. And again, I'm not a narrative better. You shouldn't be betting based off of narratives. But in this in this specific narrative, the number is not reflective of what it should be. It, when I got it, it was four and a half. I'd hit this up to four and a half, five. I think at six now with Jimmy Butler still potentially playing, but the line being moved up because he's now being questionable. Um, now you wait. 
Like, if you want the Nuggets, wait. And if Jimmy Butler's ruled in, then hit it at a better number. But, like, I will say with the Jimmy thing, like, a lot of times, right, you can have an idea if someone's out because let's say you know generally these these injury reports come out the day before the game but like they had a game yesterday so this was the earliest it could come it's not like he was uh, you know supposed to play and then randomly got ruled questionable and the other thing i will say is goran Dragic was ruled out with the rest so it's it jimmy is trying to play most likely I, i think it's jimmy fighting the the miami heat doctors and physicians and i don't can't think of very many guys that i would say have the power to influence uh, or just quite honestly don't give a fuck and won't let someone else uh kind of tell them what to do than than jimmy butler so there's a definitely a chance he suits up but even if he does i don't think he's 100 percent. so uh give me the nuggets minus four and a half a pretty short number for a back-to-back heat team uh a back-to-back for a heat team um against a uh, should be an angry nuggets team um and so again two plays i've locked in dallas minus one and a half hit that up to three it's still at three right now so still in range and then uh denver minus four and a half i'd hit i I would no i would not hit six right now wait um and honestly if jimmy butler is in and it moves down to five and a half i think i think your time has come uh come and pass I, i don't know that i hit it at five and a half um numbers really do ultimately matter and then my leans today i do lean the hornets minus three if sexton and garland are out now again it's one of those tough things where i think books they they slow they they know before the public do and they know before the news comes out so if you see this line start to trickle uh hornets minus two and a half two then you can probably guess that he's gonna play um but regardless like if they're or or my my point was the other way if it starts to trickle to three and a half four but the news hasn't come out you can assume they're playing and it's probably just a little bit too late so don't stress too much about that one it's it's the hornets in the fucking calves um but i do also like the clips minus three um and then i do like the bulls i'm leaning them minus nine and a half um i wonder what like dubs bulls first half spread money line or first half money line parlay would look like that'd probably be close to even money but regardless too much shit can happen anyways hey i appreciate you all chilling with me talking more hoop listening to me talk hoop um i wish you best of luck again it's crazy out there stay safe stay safe you probably can count on one bullshit like oh he's out at the last second a day but um those are the times we're in and, and we want to keep these health players healthy for the big dance in a month so i get it i love you all i appreciate you all stay safe stay blessed and i'll talk to you tomorrow peace